Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have kind of a different type of episode for you today because the big news of the week, at least in terms of our world and the media landscape, is that the Bent Musket is now the Blazing Musket, uh, and they have revealed that they have a new website website available on Substack. Uh, and I am joined here today with Sean Donahue uh, and Tanner Rabello, and we are here to announce that we are also joining uh, their outlet and their Substack uh, and are joining them as partners for the Blazing Musket. So, Sean, uh, first off, I know you weren't here last week. I'll start with you. Uh, how's it going? Uh, and what are your initial thoughts about the Blazing Musket? Yeah, it's going well and excited to be, you know, we've, they've all, we've always been good friends with the guys at the Bent Musket, so I'm excited to take the partnership further with the Blazing Musket, and I'm sure we'll continue to have several of their contributors, including Sam and Seth, to be, you know, regular guests on the podcast as we have over the years. So it makes makes a lot of sense for everyone involved, I think, to, to continue that partnership, strengthen that partnership, and uh, I'm sure Tanner will have more to add, but I think it's very exciting that, that Blazing Musket has added kind of Tanner to their roster uh, of writers. It's just it's going to be kind of the go-to place uh, for independent Revs Media with, with what they've done now. And I'll bring in Tanner, too, because, Sean, I think for the most part, our podcast, uh, well, ours and Tanner's podcast is going to be mostly the same. But, Tanner, uh, you had the Trifecta Network, uh, and essentially you guys are merging uh, into one website, and you are including your analysis and your weekly notebooks uh, over to the Blazing Musket. So just wanted to get your take on the merger, I'll call it. Uh, also, uh, what you hope to bring to the Blazing Musket and what people can expect expect from you. Yeah, obviously, like I've been close with the Bent Musket and all those guys, Sam and Seth and Josh and Jake and Dolan and everyone there. Um, you know, and when the Bent Musket kind of went by the wayside and this idea of a substack came in and obviously I was already doing the substack for Trifecta, but I, I think I saw that opportunity to really consolidate our efforts, you know, provide fans with uh, value, but also a one-stop shop of really good writing. And, um, you know, I really think that it's going to be the best site for New England soccer, period, uh, on the Internet. Um, yesterday, day one, there was five posts on the site. Today, there was two posts on the site. So there's a lot of content being churned out. Um, definitely appreciate everyone that subscribed. And I encourage anyone that's not subscribed to subscribe. Because um, I, I think this effort and this project is going to be really incredible. Yeah, and I think that's well said. Tanner, your first notebook is already available, and we're not going to do a deep dive on it right now, but for any of our listeners that want to get caught up on Rev's EMLS drama, Tanner's notebook has you covered, so you got to go check that out right now at www.theblazingmusket.com. Uh, you can subscribe under a free or paid subscription. Uh, please go uh, support our efforts to kind of keep independent media alive. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted this episode to kind of be on the backs of last week's episode, which, um, by the way, I'm, I'm really happy we got a lot of uh, support and a lot of really positive comments. Um, I think it really um, 
I, I heard from some people that said they didn't realize the situation was so bad. Uh, and one person pointed out to me that, uh, Sean, uh, we, we were contributors for New England Soccer Today, and that closed in 2018. Uh, Pro Soccer USA closed down in 2020. Uh, Bay State Soccer Sentinel uh, stopped covering the team in uh, 2021. Uh, and then right before the 2023 season, uh, the Bent Musket uh, had Vox pull out of their funding. So we had four uh, websites covering the team that has ceased to exist in the last five years, um, which is a, a really terrifying rate. Uh, and, and there isn't much going around. So uh, I think all of us kind of felt this was a time to kind of reimagine media and kind of independent media and realize that all of our efforts are uh, better pulled together. Uh, and Tanner, as you mentioned, as part of a merger, uh, your sub stack on Trifecta Network is going away. Uh, we will be no longer having a Patreon supporting uh, our podcast. It's still up. I guess you could subscribe to it if you wanted to for a month or two before we uh, delete it uh, and it is gone forever. Uh, but we are, are in asking everyone, uh, if you would like to support our podcast, you can do that by subscribing to the Blazing Musket uh, Substack, uh, which is essentially going to be working with us and will be supporting us uh, going forward. So essentially, you can support all of us together uh, under one Substack instead of subscribing to multiple Substacks altogether. Sean, uh, did you have any uh, further thoughts? I know you weren't on the podcast last week. Uh, did you have any thoughts about uh, last week's episode or anything you wanted to add? I know you've been in Revs Media much longer than uh, Tanner and I. No, I think I think you did a great job covering it last week. It is really disappointing to see you know SB Nation pull their coverage for soccer, especially at a time when you know it seems like soccer is growing in this country, but also at the same time, as you pointed out, with the you know the Apple TV deal, the the risk of it becoming kind of more niche as you know, everything is put behind a paywall. Um, it's more important than ever, I think, that the guys at the Blazing Musket continue to do what they do to cover the team because there's not enough coverage of the team out there. So I'm, I'm glad that they didn't let SB Nation pulling the plug be the end of what they were doing. Um, as I think it, you, know, <laughs> you mentioned all those websites, including New England Soccer Today, that have shut down over the past several seasons. There's just not enough coverage of the Revs. And you know, the Blazing Musket is the place to go to at this point um, for revolution coverage. And they certainly can't afford to, to lose that. Um, I think especially going into the season, which kind of so much uncertainty with, you know, the, the WBZ partnership going away and everything going on that, you know, Apple TV platform. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing, too, I want to point out is that the Blazing Musket is going to be doing more than just the revolution. Tanner, I know that you are going to be focusing on Rhode Island FC coverage next year when they kick off. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of hopes that they can expand and do more stuff. I know Sam Minton wants to do a lot of Vermont green stuff. And I've heard from some people too, uh, some people kind of reaching out and how they can get involved. And, you know, if you are a young high school or college student and you have journalistic aspirations, Tanner and I kind of talked about, um, you know, there used to be kind of a pipeline and a pathway for people to get involved with Rev's coverage. And it kind of led on to, to bigger and better things. Um, some people have kind of reached out and kind of asked about it. And Rev's coverage for 2023, there's only so many credentials the Blazing Musket can have for a given season. Uh, but if you want to help out with the blazing musket uh, i think they're looking for hartford if you want to do hartford athletic uh, if you want to do rhode island fc next year if you wanted to cover vermont or another local team maybe boston city fc maybe do kind of local soccer coverage like that uh in theory boston might be getting an, an, an a wsl team uh, in the near future um i think they're open to kind of everything so you can reach out and as i say it might be tough to do revs coverage for this year uh but going forward um i think they're hoping that this is just the beginning and they can kind of expand 
to cover soccer throughout the region, um, which Sean, we, we did kind of in with New England soccer today. I covered the Rochester Rhinos when they were affiliates with the Revolution. Uh, I did uh, Boston City FC. Uh, and, and that's kind of a, an interesting experience because you get to interact with the coaches and the front office a little bit more. Uh, and you, you have more chances to interview players. Um, and I think it certainly helped me. Uh, for when we moved on to the podcast. So, sorry, that's a bit long-winded. I, I don't want to take up too much more time. Uh, Tanner, did you have any uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? Like, we're looking to cover everything. I think, obviously, there's a lot on everyone's place right now, and they're trying to build this. But I think making it a one-stop shop, and obviously I'll be covering Rhode Island FC next year, and I do think there's a lot of opportunities for young journalists. But that being said, you know, what I did when I started Trifecta, I launched my own website. I wrote for my own website. I got credentialed through my own website. Like, there is other paths, too. Like, I don't want to discourage anyone. Like, you don't need the blazing musket to launch your own thing. I think the best thing you can do if you're interested is to start writing and start doing it. And, and with that in mind, too, if you want to talk about the revs, if you want to write about the revs, if you want to start a podcast on the revs, feel free to reach out. We'll help you out. Uh, we'll, we'll guide you in the right path. There's a, a, a lot of websites that, um, you know, they don't have solid, solid rev coverage now. But if you're interested in writing and, and need advice, I think all of us, you know, don't mind giving advice and, and helping out people and young aspiring writers where we can. So uh, one more thing, too. I, I the, the bad thing about kind of ad-libbing that conversation that was all kind of spur of the moment and off the top of our head. And I know it went on too long. And I know some people probably want us to move on already. But I want to just give a shout out to a couple of uh, people and Twitter accounts that uh, I think kind of are you know in the media realm uh, and are good follows and I know if you've listened to this podcast forever you've probably heard these names before but uh, I didn't mention them last week and I, I, I hate excluding people and I probably am missing someone here too but I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Revolution Central uh, Andy from Revs Nation who has a very very good article today about season uh, ticket holders and, and their benefits and how it compares to the rest of the league he posted that today uh, so you can check that out on uh, Re- Revolution Nation uh, Revolution Revolution Report, who is not as active, uh, any Revs UK, uh, and of course, Gustavo Lopez, uh, who hopefully will get on at some point this season. Um, all great follows, all contribute to the Revs media landscape. So if you don't follow them on social media, uh, make sure you do. Um, I think that's it. I think that's we, all we need to talk about for, for media coverage. I'm sorry if that's long-winded. I'm sorry if that's a, a boring topic for you, but I'm tired of uh, eulogizing websites and, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about the Blazing Musket and I'm really glad we've kind of reset uh, going forward. So let's talk about the Revs. Uh, and no Revolution games, but we got some international debuts. Dewan Jones, Dylan Barrero, Jorge Petrovic, uh, Tanner, uh, what were your thoughts about these international debuts and did anyone impress you? Yeah, I think Dewan Jones impressed me a lot. It was really good to see him get this opportunity to get his first cap. I think if you watch Dewan Jones ever since he came in the league for the Revolution, you've just seen that he has something special. Um, he has pace, he can make recoveries. He's dangerous in the attacking third. Uh, he's one of the best outside backs in Major League Soccer, and he's been one of the best for a couple of years. So it's really great to see him get a look at the national team level. It is kind of tough that there isn't a full-time coach right now for the U.S. men's national team, so maybe these games might not matter as much as if they had a permanent coach in place. Um, but that being said, I think a lot of people have said his days in New England are numbered, and I would tend to agree with that. Um but the counterpoint is that I thought his days in New England were numbered for a long time. So Dewan Jones is my main takeaway. I think it's really great to see him get that national team look. It was interesting, too, that his two appearances came as a right back instead of as a left back. He's played most of his time with the Revs as a left back. But um, I thought he did really well. 
uh, as a substitute against Serbia. I thought he was a bright spot, had a, created a lot of chances. Um, I thought he did well against Colombia as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I completely agree with you. Juwan Jones was a, a huge bright spot, and he's you know probably the takeaway from these two games. Um, but Dylan Barrero, I think we had to talk about it as well, um, because I, I thought he played really well against the United States. Um, at one point, I think he, you know, deep into the game, he still had 100% passing accuracy. Um, but what was fascinating to me is that he was playing more of a, a narrow role. So Columbia played a 4-3-3 formation, and he was playing in that three-man midfield instead of as a winger, um, which is not something we've seen Barrero do for the Revolution. And to me, I found that fascinating because, you know, when I'm thinking about formations for the Revs this year, I was really thinking to get the most out of Barrero. We were probably going to see them play with wingers. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I've struggled to figure out what they're going to do with, with Gustavo Bo if they do that. And, and now that I saw Barrero play this way, um, the construction of the Revolution roster strikes me a little bit different. Uh, and that maybe we do see the diamond again, um, that I wasn't necessarily a big fan of the way the revolution played with it last year. Um, but I think the way Barrero played for Colombia, that would actually potentially work really, really well in a diamond formation as kind of one of the two guys in front of Matt Polster. And I think blessing potentially could work really, really well in the diamond formation, you know, where you have, uh, Matt Polster as kind of your defensive midfield anchor blessing and Barrero is kind of the, the two way players and, and Carlos heel as your, as your number 10. And then obviously up top Bowen Veroni. Um, so that was kind of one of the things that I was thinking, I know Seth was thinking as well, we were both tweeting about it uh, as we were watching that game that, you know, the way Barrera was playing and how narrow he was playing and how effective he was in that role, um, that, you know, maybe we do see that diamond again this year and maybe the Revs roster construction suddenly does look more, uh, like it might be built for that diamond given how Barrero played. Uh, because my concern has always been that Barrero looks so good on the wing. You don't want to kind of waste his talent by forcing him to play, um, in kind of that diamond, which I think to a certain extent, uh, you, when Buchanan was playing in that diamond, you know, he, he made it work, but it wasn't really a comfortable fit for him. Um, but if Ferrero can play like he played for Columbia, all of a sudden, you know, he's also very effective there. And it looks a, a lot more comfortable than I'd say Buchanan did in that role. So that was kind of my um, Rev's take from that Columbia-U.S. match is just the way Barrero played and how effective he was in more of a central or more of a narrow role. Um might translate to a different formation for the Revs this year, or not a different formation, but for them actually using it at 4-4-2 diamond with him playing more narrow than as a winger. Uh, and I think that's something, something to look for, and I'm sure they'll at least try it out in preseason. I think that was uh, pretty well said, Sean, in terms of Barrero. And uh, Tanner, I agree with everything you said about Dewan Jones. I want to focus on Dewan Jones a little bit, though. And I'll ask Sean, and then Tanner, you can you can answer after Sean. Do we think Dewan Jones has a chance at staying on that national team level? Because I think a lot of people outside of New England were very surprised at what they saw and said, why didn't we bring this guy? Why did we bring Shaq Moore, but not Dewan Jones? And I think that's a legitimate question. I mean, to me, a lot of people call this camp cupcake. A lot of people think that this is not a very serious camp, especially with the head coach carousel and Anthony Hudson being the uh, lame duck uh, uh, United States men's national team manager right now. Um, it, It might not do him any good uh but i thought it was impressive enough that he should really get a serious look and it's kind of embarrassing that it took this long to get a cap so sean then tanner uh, what are your thoughts about his long-term prospects with the national team i mean i think his long-term prospects with the national team are, are heightened by him being a left back so was, i think to that extent it was unfortunate that he the way this camp played out and the, the roster construction led to him playing right back because you look at the u.s roster right now and there's two very young 
right backs that he is not going to overtake. Serginho Dest, 22 years old. Um, you know, he's the starter for the U.S. national team at right back. Joe Scally, 20 years old, starting in the Bundesliga at right back, playing really, really well. Um, you know, barring injuries to both of those guys, I think the, the opportunity to play right back on the U.S. is going to be very limited. Um, and I think at left back, you got Anthony Robinson, who you know obviously played well at the World Cup, playing in the Premier League um, as you know, the shoe-in kind of starter at left back. Uh, but the depth behind him, I think, is a lot more attainable for Dewan Jones. And I do think, realistically, if Dewan Jones keeps playing well, um, that there's a shot for him to kind of break in and be that second choice left back. Um, but I, I think it, I do think it's actually kind of unfortunate that his minutes ended up being a right back in this camp because I think the opening for a left back on the national team uh, is a lot better. Um, with all that said, though, I, I do think that um, if he really wants to you know, continue to be a big part of the U.S. national team, he probably does need to move to Europe in the you know pretty near term. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think for him to take that next step, it's really going to be challenging himself. I think he's proven in Major League Soccer he's one of the best left backs, but I think he needs to go to Europe and play in a top flight league and get that experience because if you look at a lot of the players he's going to be playing with, they're going to be a lot of European-based soccer players. Um, so I think there's something to it in getting that experience. And I, I do think the January camp generally is a camp you just you get a look at a player, um, but some players can impress and they can work their way into the team. The biggest question is just who's the future, who's the head coach, right? And what's their plan? What's their strategy? And how do you think about building this team? to 2026 because I, I think that has to be the focus right now if you're trying to find the next head coach and if you're that head coach you want to have a roster that's going to be with you in 2026 or theoretically be with you so I think the fact that Dewan Jones is 25 years old I know it's crazy to say but it, it may age him out versus maybe a younger player that might be a better fit all very good points, too. And it's curious to see what happens with Dewan Jones this season. I know there are reports of European interest and in multiple teams from multiple leagues uh, throughout Europe uh, inquiring on Dewan Jones. So who knows what jersey Dewan Jones is going to be in at the end of this year? And who knows what jersey you're going to be in when you order a mystery kit from Galasso Kits, our sponsor? Their mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries countries in the world they have merch from the united states men's national team the revs local regional international whatever you want they have it they had a providence city jersey on their site last week we talked about it in our last podcast if you slept on it it is gone now but there's going to be something that you want and if you don't know what you want you can use their mystery kit package to put in the size and the style of jersey that you like and they will send you the kit of your dream that you didn't even know you wanted so go to galassokits.com right now for their full selection and make sure you follow them at galassokits on twitter and galassokits on instagram for updates on their new inventory and when you find something like you like use promo code revs recap to save 15 percent off your order that is promo code revs recap to save 15 percent off your order links and code are in the show notes one other Rebs note I want to talk about today, and this is also on the Blazing Musket. Uh, Seth McComer had a interview with Bruce Arena. Bruce did not give too many things away, but there was one comment in this article that I wanted to highlight, uh, and that is Bruce Arena was asked if there were going to be any moves before the season opener, if they're going to add any more players. And Bruce Arena's exact quote 
Quote, we have to get through preseason before we can figure anything out, to be honest with you. We're not going to be adding any more players than what we have. And I found that quote to be very interesting because does what we have mean on the roster or does that mean players in preseason? Uh, as we've talked about on the last podcast, Ima Botang uh, is in preseason with the Revs on trial. They also have two Revolution 2 players in Pierre Cayette, a center back, and Nico Cam. Oh, I'm going to mispronounce this one. Campu. Campuazio, Campuz, on Campuzano. I'm going to call him Nico. Pierre Cayet and Nico, uh, a goalkeeper, uh, two Revolution Two players, are also in camp. Uh, Tanner, do you think uh, Ima, Pierre, or Nico is going to be added uh, before the end? Uh, before, sorry, before the beginning of the season. The way I kind of read Bruce's comments was meaning more of who's in camp now versus maybe who's on the roster. Um, but I'd be incredibly shocked if they made a move other than you know, maybe like I'm a Boateng. Um, th- this is the time where you're pretty much fairly locked, right? You're trying to build towards the opener. And then at that point you assess until the summer window. So when I read Bruce's comments, like I said, I think it was more about bringing external players in and less about who is in camp right now. Yeah. I, I, I also interpreted him that way. Um, and I, I don't love the comment. Uh, because I, I don't, I do think there are some holes in this revolution roster right now. Like who, who is your backup right back? You got a, a ton of center backs potentially on the roster and in camp, but who, who is your backup right back? Is your backup right back? You move Dewan Jones to right back and then put Ryan Spalding left back. Cause I, I, I not a fan of that. Um, or is your backup right back that Andrew Farrell, who's you know now in his thirties, all of a sudden goes back to playing right back. Cause I also don't think that's a great idea. Um, so, you know, I think that's a hole that I, the revs need to address. Um, I think right now you don't have a great defensive midfield option behind Matt Polster with, with Maciel out long-term injured. Um, that's something I would have liked to have seen them address. And then I, I guess if this is what the roster is going to look like, I even more so think that they might go with that, you know, four, four, two diamond because there's, they are pretty thin on wingers with, you know, Nacho and Barrero really kind of the only natural wingers on the roster. I mean, we've seen, you know, they got Esmir Buck who can, who can play there um Rivera who can play there but really there's not a lot of depth on the wings if they're going to play with wingers this year so I I do think there's still some holes in this roster um with you know right back probably being the most glaring and defensive midfield depth probably being the second most glaring um so I think from that standpoint to me unless there's somebody in camp I'm not aware of uh it doesn't look like much help is coming there and I think that's a mistake I, sh- I should note, too, uh, unsigned draft picks Victor Souza and Andreas Uland are also in camp with the Revolution, so maybe they are, are possibilities to be signed. Uh, I, I've, both center backs, though. Both, both center backs. I don't think they'd add anything at this stage, especially after the um, move for, for Dave Romney, so... I don't know. I, I agree with your comments there, Sean. I, I feel like there are a couple more holes, and it also seems like MLS free agency was very slow this year. There are still a lot of players that are available. Sean Johnson just signed last week. I believe Bill Hamid is still available. I think Ola Kamara is still avail- available. Um, there are a lot of players around. Jaleel Anababa is still available. Um, the, the list of free agents at the beginning of this offseason and, and the players that are currently available now that camp has started uh, aren't too, too far off. So um, free agency in Major League Soccer has been a very, very strange this year. And I think if I was the revolution, I'd still be shopping a little bit. So, yeah, I think, you know, Ben Ravino still on the roster. He could play uh, right back as well. But yeah, they're really, really thin, especially if they're contemplating a transfer of Dewan Jones at any point this year. 
That, that's a very good point. I, I think outside back is a real cause for concern. And I know we talked about Bulma's versatility. I don't know if they maybe think they view him as, as a outside back at some point, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of pieces on this team and I'm not really sure. This is really the first year since we've been doing this podcast where um, I could see a, a wide range of formations and lineups uh, going into preseason. Normally I think they have the, t- the, the starting 11 nailed down and a lot of people know what to expect. Um, this year is going to be a little bit different. So, uh, one more piece of news here. Apple TV has named more commentators, uh, more names uh, of on that list. Former Revolution Recap guest Brian Dunseth. Uh, not on that list, Brad Feldman or Charlie Davies. Uh, Sean, any reaction to these additional names being revealed for Apple TV? Uh, and are you surprised uh, or not surprised that Brad and Charlie didn't make the list? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's some good names, certainly, that were added. Um, Adrian Healy, who used to do Revs games way back in the day and is a fantastic commentator, added on play-by-play. Uh, excited by that. Excited by Brian Dunseth. I think he does a fantastic job um, as an analyst. Uh, but I, I'm surprised. I thought, you know, I thought we'd see at least one of Brad or Charlie on this list by now. And I think uh, someone was doing the math. And based on what they originally said, there's only kind of room for one more um, English language commentary pair to come on there so it seems like the chances of them being added at this point are pretty pretty low um so it's you know disappointing for that the the voices of the revolution you know brad has been doing it pretty much forever uh and charlie haven't been a part of this and you know there hasn't been any announcement about radio yet um i don't know if that's coming soon but uh I, there hasn't been any announcement there yet and I, I hopefully if you know if brad and charlie aren't picked up by apple tv that you know they stick around and do the radio broadcast um, but I, I was a little bit surprised that, you know, at least one of them wasn't added. Um, but at the same time, you know, happy to see Brian Dunseth, happy to see Adrian Healy and, uh, you know, a lot of other big names on this list. That's exciting to see. It's a, it's a good, it's a very good list that MLS has put together, um, for the most part. And I, I, you know, I'm glad to see a lot of really big names on there that were key gets for them. Uh, while at the same time being surprised, you know, one other name I wanted to mention too is, you know, Glenn Davis. Um, down Houston, who has been covering MLS forever and I think does a really good job, uh, said that he's not going to be picked up by Apple TV, not going to be part of Apple TV. And that was another one uh, that surprised me as well. So um, very interesting. Yeah, you know, I was more concerned about the Apple TV commentators prior to hearing some news um, that has sort of been leaked out and shared out at this point. But the fact that they're looking at doing regional commentating teams so that you have sort of a pair for a certain region. So you're going to potentially have more consistency on game calls than you would have otherwise. Um, Because one of the concerns that I had initially with this idea was you're going to get a bunch of national guys calling games, national teams. Um, But the fact that they're looking at it more regional and you're going to have the same couple pairs calling your games, I think is going to potentially help with the consistency, the announcers knowing the ins and outs of the team, um, and then also the fact that they're going to have the ability to sync up to the radio feed in the app. I'm a little skeptical on the execution of this in terms of you hear something on the radio. Obviously, you're going to be more descriptive. You're going to call things out. And on TV, you're going to be seeing replays. So I'm a little concerned about the execution of that radio sync up. But I think the league has done some things nice to address some of those national broadcast concerns and try to implement some locality into it i do think it is incredibly sad if brad feldman's not a part in some way of the revolution broadcast team for this year just given the fact that he's been doing it forever and he's been a voice that many revolution fans have come to know over the years 
Yep. I think that is a, a downside is that a lot of local voices uh, are, are not going to be able to continue on. And um, I'm very surprised about Charlie Davies. Um, I thought he was for sure a shoe in for Apple TV. I wonder if I, I know there is a travel component, too. So maybe it might not fit the lifestyle uh, that Charlie wants or, or, or some of these commentators want. Um, but um, I, I think it's a shame that Brad and Charlie are, are both being left off, too. And one more name, too. Sean, you mentioned a handful of names that um, should have gotten the call and didn't. Um, I I know former uh, commentator for the Columbus crew, Jordan Angeli, uh, who also did the MLS assist podcast with Joseph Lowry uh, a few years ago. I've always enjoyed her analysis and uh, she was on the call for the Columbus crew uh, revolution game uh, in Columbus uh, this past year. Uh, I thought she did a great job commentating. Um, I believe she landed with the Colorado Rapids. Uh, I think I saw that today, Uh, but I thought that was also another uh, slam dunk, easy hire for Apple TV uh, and they, kind of botched that one too. So um, mixed emotions to this Apple TV. I, I think everyone here is holding their breaths on how this launch goes and, and what this means for the league long-term, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, and just quickly, Tanner, you make, you make, make a good point when you bring up that, you know, there's going to be um, more regional focus of some of these guys look at some of the teams better, which is great. But you look at, you know, who's on this list. And again, there's a lot of really good names on there. I think they've done a great job of, of picking them out, but there aren't a lot of guys with ties to the revs. Um, there's Taylor Twelman, obviously, but I feel like he's going to be reserved for kind of the bigger matches with, with his name. And I, and I feel like, you know, if they're going to regionalize somebody, whoever you get for new England is probably not going to be someone that has covered the revs for many years or has been. So I, I mean, they'll, they'll learn and it'll be good as the season goes on. But I think that's kind of a, a disappointing part when you kind of look at all these broadcast pairings there's guys from a lot of different teams but um outside of outside of twelman and of course adrian healy who was here years ago um there's not there's not much of in the way of you know guys that really know the revs for you know for many years and i i do think that twelman's probably gonna be put on the big broadcast rather than kind of regionalized towards the revs well good points sean uh and that just about wraps us up this is a short podcast today no um listener questions today we kind of want to just get some quick hitters out and we want to talk about the blazing musket a little bit uh tanner any final thoughts before we wrap up here today uh, yeah the uh final well the first preseason game is coming up on thursday against under miami um so that's something to definitely look forward to sort of the sign that the uh the spring is coming so sean any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up here today yeah, I'd be, I'd be looking a lot more forward to the preseason games if we could watch them, <laughs> or, or, or if there was even any indication that there was going to be, you know, reporting on them because it's, you know, very secretive and who knows if we're going to get much of any information out of them. Um, usually, there's been at least one or two preseason games that have been streamed, but uh, we haven't heard about any of them this year doing that. So that that to me is a little bit disappointing going into the season, especially with all the new additions the Revolution have made that we're not going to get to see any of them in preseason and, you know, until, until the, the season actually starts. Um, but no, no, I, I'm just excited for that, for the actual season to start for us to see games um, and really excited to continue to read the blazing musket and everyone should go out there and support them and sign up for the sub stack because uh, the region needs independent media coverage. And again, especially with, you know, all the broadcasting going behind the paywall, uh, and Apple TV and the league controlling all of that. I think it's you know more important than ever that sites like the Blazing Musket exist and thrive. Um, so please support them. And one more thought here. Uh, I did do a spot on M- the MLS Aces podcast. If you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, you know we've talked about them uh, a few times. Tom, who does that podcast, does a great job covering MLS. Uh, and right now he is doing a team preview for every team in the league. Uh, kind of quick 10, 15 minute snippets. He brings in a guest. Uh, I got to do the Revolution episode. So if you want to hear some quick uh, in-depth 
team previews. Uh, go check out the MLS Aces podcast. Uh, and even if you don't, uh, just give him a follow on Twitter and, and see the content he's making over there. And Sean, by the way, while we're talking about uh, Revolution Media, I think we need to give you a round of applause too because while I was combing through our catalog um, on our, our platform where we publish our episodes, I realized the last episode we published was 298, which means this is 299. And so our next episode is going to be episode 300, going all the way back to 2005 uh, when you started Revolution Recap. So I, I think you deserve a, a big pat on the back for covering the team as long as you have uh, and building Revolution Recap to uh, what it is. So um, I, I think we might try to do something special for episode 300. We'll keep you in the know on that. So follow us on Twitter and make sure you follow us there. But um, Sean, tip of the cap for uh, the big three zero zero. Thank you. And then there might be one or two that are missing from the archive, but we'll ignore that and uh, continue to roll with the 300. Um, it's an exciting milestone. And it's crazy to think that it's been we've been doing this that, that long. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap and make sure you are following our Revolution Instagram and Facebook pages. Be sure to follow the Blazing Musket on Twitter at The Blazing Musket and follow their work online at www.theblazingmusket.com. And please, please, please uh, subscribe. And also be sure to follow our friends at The Rebellion at The Rebellion on Twitter and go to anyrebellion.org to learn more about them. And also be sure to check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off your order on anything in their inventory. Uh, and as we talked about last week, uh, it, make sure you are subscribed on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And if you could rate and review us five stars wherever you are listening, we greatly appreciate it. A lot of people uh, really went to bat for us and, and left us some reviews and were very kind. And I know a, an episode like last week is probably going to get that response, uh, but uh, it, it meant a lot. And I just want to say thank you for everyone uh, who does listen to us uh, and does appreciate this show. Um, yeah, that's it. Looking forward to the 2023 season. We'll be back soon with episode 300. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Revolution Recap, uh, and we'll have more details for you soon. Uh, until then, thank you everyone for listening, and go Revs. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.